the Guardian. I mean, besides wearing like an SPF, I really don't wear makeup ever. And when I do, it's very odd occasions and I'm horribly bad at it. So <laughs> I didn't ever think I would have the ability and skill to be like a beauty blogger or to have the even the steadiness of a hand to be able to do those sort of things. This is Adi Vagnicht. She makes YouTube videos that look at different beauty products, from concealer tutorials to how best to apply dry shampoo. She isn't exactly your traditional beauty vlogger, but we'll get onto that later. Like Addy, I don't really wear makeup, but when I'm on television under those studio lights, I need to wear it. Everyone does. Usually, there's a makeup artist on set to apply it for me from her own vast selection. But recently, I had a shoot for The Gadget Show where none of the other presenters was in, and neither was the makeup artist. For the first time in my life, I had to go and buy my own makeup and figure out how to apply it. I had no idea where to start. That's where beauty vloggers come in. Hello everybody! As you can see, I have zero makeup Hey guys, so today I have a very, very- Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. Hey beautiful people! Today I'm in 2018 on YouTube, people watched, on average, more than a million beauty videos per day. And some of the people who star in these videos have become very famous, very influential, and very rich. They make a lot of money on YouTube because of collaborations, either video collabs, sponsored posts on Instagram. Um, their net worth for the top vloggers can be in the like tens of millions of dollars. I'm Jordan Erica Weber, and this week I look at how video platforms like YouTube have revolutionized the beauty industry. And talk to one beauty vlogger who's doing something a little different to get her message to the masses. This is Chips With Everything. My name is Arabelle Sicardi, and I'm a beauty and fashion writer. We wanted to go back and understand where the digital beauty industry sprung from. So producer Danielle rang Arabelle in New York to learn more. So beauty vlogging started picking up speed around 2006. It was basically all from Michelle Phan, who was like one of the OG um, beauty vloggers. For anyone wondering, in this instance, OG is being used to mean original. I think I was born in the wrong era. But with a little help from my friend called Makeup, I can transform myself into the ultimate flapper girl. Let's start off with foundation. So Michelle Phan, who Arabelle mentioned, is deemed by many to be the first person to make a living from being a beauty guru on YouTube. Up until 2016, Michelle uploaded a video every week, but she has since disappeared from the site. Even so, she still has nearly 9 million subscribers. Now, when I had to figure out how to apply the makeup I'd bought, I just asked an attendant in the shop to show me. But Arabelle says there's a reason so many people like to get their makeup tips from YouTube. There is a million different ways to put on lipstick and it can be really overwhelming for someone that um, doesn't have that type of community in their life outside of the internet or they're just too shy to you know, ask someone for help, which is totally reasonable. So people have started posting tutorials 
about very simple things and then it became more complicated and more trend driven and there are memes and um, challenges all around what kind of uh, looks that you can do or um, techniques or um, products to use. So it, it really is its own culture and community. Today, there are a number of different names vying for the title of biggest beauty vlogger. The biggest vloggers right now are Jeffree Star. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to my channel. Hi. How are you? Jeffree Star originally started off as a singer-songwriter. But when he created his own line of cosmetics, he started posting YouTube videos promoting the brand. But Jeffrey's career is not without controversy. He is known for being in celebrity feuds with other makeup moguls and has been accused of racism. Patty Westbrook, who was recently in the news. Hey guys, welcome to today's video. I'm going to be testing out some natural-ish fun makeup that I think now. For anyone following the so-called YouTube beauty vlogger drama of 2019, Tati Westbrook, who has more than 10 million subscribers on YouTube, has been in a pretty public spat with fellow beauty vlogger James Charles. I have to admit, producer Danielle and I had to look up who they are, and what we found were dozens of articles and video explainers of their feud. Uh, Nikki Tutorials, Patrick Starr, who had a Mac collaboration pretty recently, Jacqueline Hill, who had a really successful collaboration. The list goes on. And apparently, the feuds do too. But the key to gaining traction with your YouTube page seems to be to attract brands that want to partner with you. Seriously has endless possibilities. Just to highlight a few of my favorite uses, you can use it as a setting powder. Again, Michelle Fan paved the way for this kind of business venture when she became the first ever YouTuber to be hired as a beauty brand's makeup artist when she was taken on by Lancome nearly 10 years ago. This is when the real money started pouring in for the brands, YouTube, and the vloggers themselves. Of course, this meant that people began to demand more from their makeup gurus. People began really distinguishing themselves in terms of the production value in like early aughts, 20, 2012, perhaps 2010. The community was breaking away from just the general popularity pool of famous YouTubers at the time. And YouTube actually put more money into supporting original creators content. So they have their own production studios in California that YouTubers can use if they have enough followers to justify the access. People are putting a lot more money either within these spaces or by themselves. There's, you know, DIY videos about how to create production spaces that a lot of these more successful vloggers put together for their viewers so they can help their viewers become um, YouTube gurus themselves. Yes, this industry has become so big that people now post videos explaining the best ways to design the most aesthetic backgrounds for their makeup tutorial videos. Arabelle says that the level of fame, money, and sometimes scandals that these vloggers have garnered has actually started to turn people away from the glitzier productions. I think people are more concerned with the ethics of the, pr the products that they're buying now than they have been in the past. Just a webcam and an opinion, people are paying more attention to that because they know it would be really easy to make it look better, but we're choosing not to. And it feels more like a friend talking to you over Skype than it does someone in a studio um, with a contract doing something they're legally obligated to do now.
This back-to-basics approach has led to a number of new beauty vloggers taking a more creative approach, where simply showing people how to apply foundation is not the main point of the video. There is, in some cases, a bigger message to sell than how to apply a winged eyeliner. I watch them constantly and a lot of the information is, is brilliant and well done, but there's not necessarily a lot of humor or truth into why, you know, why we're doing these things and what, you know, what's the benefits and that sort of thing. More on that after the break. Welcome back to Chips With Everything. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. This week we're looking at beauty vlogging and some of the new ways people are using this kind of platform to spread a message beyond simple beauty tips. Before the break, Arabelle Sakadi talked us through some of the biggest names in the game and how cosmetics brands have used these vloggers to advertise their products. But not all vloggers just review a product and tell you whether to buy it or not. Some have used their platforms to review different aspects of our culture or society and incorporate them in the traditional makeup tutorial. Hi guys, welcome back to my channel. It's your girl, Jackie O. Jackie, 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 Jackie. You have Jackie Einer, who made a name for herself by questioning the lack of diversity in the beauty industry and negatively reviewing brands which don't cater for darker skin. Stuff. But when it comes to complexion, I've always felt like they've really kind of like, oh, you just can't give us a one-size-fits-all approach to complexion stuff. But some makeup vloggers popping up on YouTube have a very different point to make. My name is Adi Wagnicht, and I'm an artist and programmer who's American but based in Europe. I've also... Uh... In 2014, Adi founded Deep Lab, collaborative group of cyber-feminist researchers, artists, writers, engineers, and cultural producers. We've done everything from exhibitions at museums to workshops on information security and operation security and doxing and sort of the larger questions of existing on the internet, specifically, I think, for women and people of color and kind of those people that tend to exist on the margins. And when did makeup and beauty become a part of your work? That's something that sort of just became an odd pairing, I guess. I'm not sure that it was necessarily intentional to begin with, but I used to spend a lot of time in my evenings reading, and then I started reading the news more, and I found this to be something that kept me awake. And so I was looking for kind of an escape from that. I started to look at YouTube, not necessarily as a medium, but sort of just to see what people were producing in terms of content. And Somewhere around there, my friends were getting into skincare, and then I started looking at skincare reviews online. So then there's this whole genre of people doing beauty bloggers who are like intensely informed about makeup and the trends. And it started to translate for me into more and more about, you know, beauties about obfuscating and, and hiding certain things or, or elevating certain things or, or creating looks that change the way you look, which is very much kind of parallel to information and operation security when you're trying to... Um, protect your identity or, or how you look or getting getting through something that you might not otherwise get through if you look a certain way. And so it seemed like a very um, odd coupling, but also a very obvious coupling. And so I really wanted to play with those two kind of genres of, of my life and see if I could create something that was of interest to myself as, as much as it is to other people. You heard Addie say at the beginning of the show that she never thought she'd be a beauty vlogger. And she definitely isn't what you'd call a traditional beauty guru. 
Each video she posts acts as a tutorial on a different aspect of cybersecurity, quite loosely and often very humorously based on a beauty product. So today we're going to talk about dry shampoo, which is a revolutionary tool because if you want a husband, you need to have good hair. Um, I kind of wanted them to teeter on this tipping point of like not being sure if I was being serious or being sure if they were supposed to be humorous and sort of this like, am I actually trying to be a beauty blogger? Am I, you know, is this is she is she actually talking about these sort of things and kind of bring up these questions of of that genre? Because I, I I watch them constantly and a lot of the information is is brilliant and well done, but there's not necessarily a lot of humor or truth into why you know why we're doing these things and what you know what's the benefits and that sort of thing. Let's talk about some of the videos in particular. So in the first one you did, you start it by holding up a tube of concealer. Because nothing says give it to the patriarchy, like free samples. But then things quickly take a twist. Today, I'm going to talk about threat modeling. So what is threat modeling? So threat modeling is a way to decide who your adversary is or who might be a, a threat to you. And a lot of the kind of info and operation security stuff I've watched is really based on kind of larger models like the government or the mafia or kind of uh, organized crime or things that might not necessarily identify, I would say that a normal person might not necessarily identify with. It's more things, I think, for my peer group, it's exes and it's people we've been on Tinder dates with and it's people we've run into at conferences and sort of more like these everyday threat models and sort of looking at what is the threat and how do you address it, what are they interested in, that sort of information. And then you create basically your operation or what you decide to install or do to circumvent that. Is there any connection between concealer and threat modeling? For me, there is, because concealer is about hiding certain things uh, that you don't want people to see. And I think for every person, that's different, whether it be your under eyes or zits or maybe your red nose. And for each person, a threat model is typically very unique. Other video titles include Even Trolls Need a Tan and Botox. You can get a sticker to cover your mic. You can also get stickers to cover your cameras. Addy talks us through the various ways we can cover our skin with bronzer to make it seem more sun-kissed, while also covering webcams and other tech with stickers to stop people seeing what we're up to. So let's see, this is green, because we all know that green means healthy. But so far, though she's currently only six videos into the series, Addy's most popular video, with more than 7,000 views, was about a Korean sheet mask and password management. So we need to talk about past phrases. This can be something like, my ex-boyfriend is a crazy mofo. Even Addy admits that some of the links between the product she's reviewing and the cybersecurity tips she's trying to teach are pretty weak. But as we mentioned, the videos aren't really meant to act as true beauty tutorials. Addy says there's a reason that posting these lessons as beauty vlogs works well. There is an interesting kind of like tricking of the algorithm is that I didn't necessarily like design those videos so that people watching, say, a mascara video would then somehow be tricked into viewing them. But I think I've managed to fool the algorithms that 
these videos kind of determine the playlist. So mm-hmm. you might watch a video on like a Korean sheet mask review and then mine will come up next. What kind of reaction are you getting? Are people taking it seriously? Yes, I would say yes, actually. I've gotten a lot of people sending me messages saying, oh, can you do a video next on um, Canary tokens? Can you do a video next on, you know, GPG encryption? Like, wanting to get that information. And again, like, from my experience in the community, it's an amazing community um, in terms of information security and hacker conferences, and it's very open. But there's a lot of assumptions about what people know and, and kind of start knowing to be part of that community, and so I wanted to make that more accessible. Um, I didn't think it would be necessarily popular, but it kind of was one of those things where I thought, well, I would watch this, and and I I think that other my, my friends would watch it. And when I would talk to friends of, in the community, they said that's hilarious. Someone should really do that, and I and I kind of held on to it for a while, and then um, I presented it to the Mozilla Foundation, and and they thought it was a great idea, and they said, yeah, I'd definitely do this. We'll we'll help you fund it, and we'll help you you know get it out there. And just like many other beauty gurus out there, Addie has also been approached by some brands who are looking to partner with her. She's not sure where these videos will go in the future. She has ideas for a few more, but she never thought these would be so popular. If anything, it started as a bit of fun. But Addie does believe there is something to be said for trying to teach people about cybersecurity in less conventional ways. I mean, especially with things like the Me Too movement, there's this huge ubiquitous uh, landscape of harassment and abuse, especially with women and minorities and and minorities like trans women that are kind of everyday targets of violence who don't necessarily even realize that these things are accessible or available to them. And so by creating things um, in a humorous way, using kind of alternative means like makeup, you're introducing these subjects to an entirely new community. The beauty vlogging sphere is huge, and considering the amount of money to be made if you become influential, it's unlikely the industry will wind down anytime soon. If anything, making this episode has made the world of beauty vlogging seem even more intimidating to me. But if anyone has any recommendations for videos aimed at true beginners, I'm happy to hear them. Huge thanks to Arabelle Sicardi and Adi Vagnecht for chatting to us this week. There'll be a link to Addy's YouTube channel on this week's episode description on the Guardian website. Before we finish, I've got a special request. I want to hear some of your favourite memories about Pokemon. You can email them to me at chipspodcast@theguardian.com or tweet me at Jerrica Weber. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts.